The Dallas Mavericks getting ever closer to clinching a playoff spot and potential top five, top six seed in the West. Nick, are you ready to lead this podcast or are you ready to be in this podcast? I'll get my opportunities on today's Lockdown Maps. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Mavs fans, I'm finally back! And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The playing pony, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Uh, we're so close. We're close. It's crazy. I that, thought you were going to give me a nay right there. Like, nay. nay. No, that's something <laughs> That's something Mavrello would do. <laughs> Mavrello will do anything. By the way, doing an AMA today somewhere. Reddit, Twitter, I don't know. Mavrello doing an AMA on Tuesday. <laughs> I cannot wait to. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Mavrello is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, honestly, we're what, a, a week away, uh, a lot of you, well, actually, we're about eight days away from the play-in tournament starting, which is, man, what a, just a fun thing that the league puts on. It's just such a, you know, time for all of the league, you know, anyway. Uh, but it's just crazy. It, that how, it, I, I can't believe you still don't think this is going to be fun. It No, listen, it's like a honey bun. You enjoy it in the moment, and you're like, this is great. It's fun. And yes, eat the honey butt. But is it good for you overall? No, it's not. And that's how I feel about it. it it's like a honey butt. It's like I, I enjoy the experience in the moment, but it's not good for my overall health and body. So that's just just know that when the play playing tournament happens, that's how I'm viewing it. It's like a, eating a honey bun, like a the jumbo play- glazed honey bun, because it's going to be fun and I will enjoy it, but it's not good for me overall. The play in is like a honey bun. But if you had the honey bun, and it got you more attention with the opposite gender or whatever whatever gender <laughs> you uh, you associate with. It, with uh, And you had the honey bun. And for weeks on end, you just got more and more attention because of it, either from your significant other or others. And you just got more and more attention by it. And people wanted to be your friend and people wanted to hang out with you. And you became more interesting because you had the honey bun. And then all of a sudden, you ate the honey bun and you could <laughs> share it with others. And all of a sudden, you share the honey bun with others and... It tastes good, and you don't regret it afterwards. That's exactly what kind of honey bun it is. Are you talking about Built Bar? or You honey- bake the honey buns, and everyone smells the aroma, and it comes in, and all of a sudden, you become more interesting. That's the way it's going to go, man. This, this episode is, is brought analogy. to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us on Thursday so we can get into all the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris. Today's episode, we are going to break down some scenarios for the Dallas Mavericks. They play a game tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies on Tuesday, if you're watching, listening to this. So there is everything changes on a nightly, daily basis, but we're a daily pod. So these are the ones Tuesday morning that are the scenarios. We're going to talk about all the different ones and break down a little bit of a little bit from each of them, right? Like if they play the Nuggets, if they play the Clippers, if they play the Suns, if they go in the play and all that kind of stuff will break down today. But before we get to all that, Tyrell Terry spoke and came out on Instagram and uh, said a couple things. And so I wanted to bring that up. And then also Kristaps Porzingis said some things at practice that I want to get to. Uh, Tyrell Terry on his Instagram. This is from Callie Kaplan on Twitter. She she brought him up. Uh, Tyrell Terry posted a couple things. The first one was 
The Lord gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. So he's been going through something for sure. He's been out for months and months now with just personal reasons. That's the only thing we've heard and the only thing we've seen from Tyrell Terry, Mavs rookie. The other thing, he said, back and better than before. This is on his Instagram. I will see y'all soon. And then the last thing he said was, uh, so appreciative of all the support and my messages. Love the MFFL Nation. So hopefully, Tyro Terry, everything's going well with him. We'll, I'm sure we'll find, when he comes back, I'm sure we'll find out what has been going on with him. But it was great to hear from him. Great to see that he's going to be coming back. And he said better than ever. So I'm going to take his word for it. Yeah, I like the last uh, thing you said too. I'm I'm hoping that the majority of messages and people reaching out to him and fans have been positive and supportive yeah. during this time, and not a um, yeah. We all know social media can be a little hostile at times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we heard from Tyrell Terry. The other thing is we heard from Rick Carlisle and Chris Porzingis after pra- after Mavs practice. And uh, Rick Carlisle said that Wednesday is the target date to get KP back. So if you listen to this on Tuesday, that's tomorrow. So that is a really good sign. Tomorrow against the Pelicans, he should on the second night of a back-to-back, he should be coming back and hopefully play the rest of the season, right? Play that Pelicans game, the Raptors, and then the Timberwolves. That would be absolutely a win for the Mavericks. He also said that uh, KP has returned to activity 10 days ago. He returned to basketball activity. So he's been working and doing some stuff. It's not like he's just going to go straight cold from the bench and not doing anything to playing. And so I thought that that was pretty positive. He's already listed as out for Tuesday's game, today's game against the Grizzlies. Maxi Kleba is listed as questionable for this Grizzlies game. By the time you're listening to this, you may know his status. Yeah, I mean, getting KP back, I mean, that's one of the big things we've been, you know, we we joked, what, a week or so ago, uh, four game. I joked in saying he, he would get four games in. You he did plays. not joke. You That was your prediction. That was a okay, straight-up well, prediction. prediction. I was one game off, <laughs> and uh, if he plays the final three games, I thought he would play four and games. A, a mine was two games, so it would be right in the sweet spot, Ooh, like right, right, in the, right in the sweet spot where neither would of us be win. In the sweet spot. Uh, <laughs> Will he play the final three games? I don't know. We have to see we'll how see. it plays plays out on Wednesday. We got to see what Dallas wants to do over the last like two games. You know, what if they go out and win these next two and Tuesday and Wednesday? Let's say they do lock in a top six, you know, a top six seed at that point. We don't know what's going to be at stake come Sunday. We don't know. I mean, the the league is putting all the games on Sunday uh, within a certain time frame, so it looks like they're trying to eliminate <laughs> any of the. You know, there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching, but if they're at different times, then we have people, you know, setting and resting and all of that. So it's going to be a wild few hours because <laughs> there's going to be a couple seedings and matchups up for grabs on Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. That's going to be a wild time. The other thing is Chris Porzingis came out and he spoke to the media for the first time in what, like three weeks? It's been a while since we've heard from yeah. Porzingis since he's been out. And uh, he said that he said a couple of things and we're actually going to play a clip from him here in a second. But he said that the injury, someone asked him about where his injury actually started. I think it was Tim Cato that asked him where his injury actually started. What was it? Was it the same kind of injury it's been before? He said it started with his ankle. And then he kind of kind of mentioned a little bit that his knee was bothering him. He didn't really like go full into that. And he said that this was another contact injury. He Someone asked him, I think it was Mac Engel, asked him if he was concerned about playing. And people always ask. KP this especially yeah. you know media members that kind of parachute in every once in a while and asked him you know is this a this is this something you're concerned about are you concerned about coming back and playing and it's kind of a weird question to ask a person right like are you worried you'll never be able to play basketball again <laughs> it yeah. just seems like a question that's asked but he said no this was another contact injury 
And so that was confirmed that I thought that I didn't necessarily know. It seemed like it was non-contact because we didn't really see a whole lot of him, you know, anything happening to him. But I thought that was notable. And then there's this question about his role. If you want to comment about his injury, we can get into that um, next. No, I was just going to say that he he's always said that. When any response, yeah. any question about – uh, his durability he's always mentioned the fact that yeah well a lot of these bigger injuries they're they're contact stuff like even the meniscus thing happened in the bubble like none of these are non-contact injuries that it's just all kp's just falling over they all have contact things that you can trace it back to so i, I think he does have a point with that yeah absolutely yeah I, I agree with him too especially if this one is contact too it is starting to add up right like we are still concerned it's not like we're not yeah. concerned about his injuries and all that. But coming up, I want to hear from Christoph Porzingis about his role because Brad Townsend asked him about his role on the team. And I want to get into it here from Christoph Porzingis himself because it's kind of hard to hear him at the end of this clip. And we're going to let you guys decide what he said and exactly what he means by this because some people are taking it some way. If you read the transcript, you're taking it a certain way. It has a certain connotation. If you listen to him, it has a certain connotation. So we'll hear from Chris Porzingis coming up. But before we do, let's talk about Locker Room. Locker Room is an app that's pretty fun. I jump on there every once in a while and talk to people. Our guy, uh, Sean Coleman from the Lockdown Grizzlies, is like in every single room always and always talking. It's fun to hear from. Uh, I listen to Mark Stein and uh, Jake Fisher of Bleach Report. I listened to them for a good 30 minutes or so during an NBA game the other day that I was watching. And so I got to hear about his whole process of, you know, of, uh, you know, writing that article about Nate Bjorkren and the whole Pacers coaching. And he talked about some of the stories he wrote about Dirk and stuff like that. Locker Room is just a great way to connect with people, connect with sports fans, download the app, perfect place to start or join an already existing conversation. You just join a group and then you can join the MFFL group. NBA group. You can follow me at NickFanExit. You can know whenever we go live. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on iOS devices, and we'll be sure to follow me at NickFanExit. Notify when we go live. Can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks and everything, I guess. <laughs> and to hear your questions about free agency, because that's always the questions we get. See yep. you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this conversation and this question that Christoph Porzingis was asked about his role. And we'll hear from Brad Townsend. He's the voice you're going to hear first. And then we'll hear from Christoph Porzingis about it. Christoph, uh, in the last few games you had played, uh, you know, Dwight had been back. And when you were starting, uh, it seemed like you were playing more power forward, which you did some of last year too. But uh, what is kind of the biggest adjustment for you really having to go back and forth between the, the two positions? How comfortable are you doing yeah. that if that's what's needed? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, uh, it is this, I don't know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter as much, maybe, you know, because uh, me and Dwight, we, we talk on a court, Dwight's great, you know, communicating stuff, and, and sometimes I'm the trailer, he's a trailer, and, and and so on, you know, and there's some, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is, and, 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 and we're trying to, we're trying to make it work, and, and I hope, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have my opportunities within the offense. All right, so that is Christoph Porzingis, and the last statement there, and Brad Townsend had this, and he tweeted it out, and the last statement that Porzingis said is the one that is kind of in question between Isaac and I and some other people too, uh, because Brad took it as, uh, it is what it is, when Christoph Porzingis was asked about his role, it is what it is, and we try to make it work, and hope I'll have my opportunities in the offense. Now, Let's ro- let's move back a little bit because 
with Porzingis, this is a question about Dwight Powell has been playing center. He's been coming. He's been you know uh, starting and playing center. And even when Porzingis came back recently, he played the four next to Dwight, who was playing the five. Now we talked about this all last year about how Dwight yes. plays the five on offense and he plays the four on defense, and Porzingis plays the four on offense and the five on defense and all that kind of stuff. But how does he feel about it this season? And how does he feel about this change, this transition, and dealing with, you know, this kind of a change in role, I guess, uh, for Porzingis? Because he's pretty particular about some of this stuff. He definitely is. Yeah, he's expressed that, you know, after games, he's expressed that, you know, after practices that he likes playing the five. He likes offensively uh, playing the five, too. There's just a, it opens up and gives him a lot more flexibility of what he can do offensively. And even when he said, you know, he says this, that one of the, you know, the big things with being the five is, you know, you're the trailer a lot. And, you know, you take the ball out of bounds normally after a made basket. You come down and you catch the ball and the offense, you know, kind of just goes through you like that. The fourth, you know, the, you know, the four and the offense a lot of times you're standing in the corner and that's just how they they kind of you know running that offense stuff so a little bit more you know options flexibility when he's playing the five and yeah i mean i'm really i'm curious on on what they do because we've seen uh luca play very very well when he plays with the roller whether it's dwight or willie but you know kp likes playing the five too and it it just gives you a different type of look and hey Worst, like worst comes to worst, like you have options. Like that, that's the cool thing about it is, hey, you have options when you're looking at it from a bird's eye view of it. But there's also players' opinions and players, you know, comfortability and all of that that you're navigating too as a coach. So, I think uh, honestly, I think they'll go back to KP at the five and you know Dorian or Maxi at the four. I think they will too. That's what they've tried to lean in. That starting lineup with KP at the five, Maxi at the four, Dorian, Richardson, and Luca has been really good. That lineup has been really good, even if it not hasn't necessarily been great to start games. We've seen recently that they've kind of struggled, but they have been a good lineup overall. Now, the question with, with Porzingis is that last sentence, you know, and hope that I'll have my opportunities in the offense. It can sound, if you listen to it, and it's a little bit like blue dress, gold dress kind of deal, right? Where it's kind of like you hear what you hear or those things where you can listen to something and hear two things. And it depends on your take going into it, I think. Uh, Does it sound like he says, I'll have my opportunities to lead the offense? Like that is a completely different thing than I'll have my opportunities in the offense or to be in the offense or something. Uh, and I tried to analyze it and tried to lip read it and tried to go through it all, and I just can't tell. And so I, I guess I'm going to go with what Brad Townsend said here, but if Porzingis did say have my opportunities to lead the offense, it kind of goes with some of the other stuff we've been thinking about Porzingis. He wants a bigger role. He wants to be featured, all that kind of stuff. And it makes it, it just adds a little bit more friction of Porzingis coming back and him and Luca and all that. So we're we're put, taking out the microscope again on this one, right? Like we've yeah. we've done all season and we've been fully admitting that we are taking out the microscope in this because we want to know what Porzingis actually thinks. He says, you know, what he thinks at times, and he's been uh, critical or he's been uh, specific about what he wants, where he wants to play in the offense, and he's told things to the media that he's told to coaches and and all that. So this is another opportunity I think that we're going to take to say, well, what did you say, though? Did you say you want to lead the offense at times? Which I guess is fine if, if Luca is out, but what did he really mean by that even further if we want to take that another step yeah. forward? 
even I mean, even how he answered this question. I mean, you guys can go back on you know if you're watching on YouTube or yeah, go pauses, the, man. Like Brad put that pause in there on the transcript on purpose. But like you, you seen him on that. You know, go push the thirty second back on whatever podcast <laughs> if you're listening to Odyssey app. Push, yeah, go, or if you watched <laughs> on YouTube, you could see the clip. Yeah, just go back and rewatch it and just, you know, you can see how he's answering. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, okay, we, we Dwight's know Dwight's great. You, Dwight's great. Dwight, he's great at communicating. I love playing with Dwight. Nothing against yeah, Dwight. So it's you're not, like, okay. It's not a, and it's, it really isn't a Dwight thing. Right. You can just tell that, you know, he wants to say, yeah, I, I freaking want to play five. <laughs> and that's where, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's said that before, how much he, he likes playing the five. So, but he's also wanting to, you know, be a good teammate on it too. And yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm curious to see what that what that looks like, you know, once he comes back on on Wednesday, hopefully he comes back on Wednesday and, you know, going into the playoffs and a lot of it depends on and maybe we can, you know, transition into playoff stuff right now, but a lot of that goes into what matchups, you know, they can match up with. And when you look at where Dallas is setting right now in the standings, they can you're pretty much looking at three different teams right now that they could possibly match up against. You're looking at Denver, you're looking at the Clippers, and you're looking at Phoenix. If they slip down to that, you know, playing tournament and they land at seven, you know, gosh, drastically things have to go drastically wrong if they're uh, in the eighth spot. Well, they would if they could be in the eighth spot. And let's get into this now. The scenarios for the Dallas Mavericks: they stay in five. There's no shot they're going to move up to four. Right? That that that's impossible at this point. No. There's just not enough games left. It won't happen. So the Mavericks will either be at five. That's their highest point, which they're at right now, which is cool. Uh, and it would be a step up from last season where they finished seventh. They'd be at five. They'd move down to six, and Portland would move up. They could move down to seven and be in the play-in uh, if the Lakers win a couple more games and the Blazers, again, have to win their games too. They could be in seven, and then they could lose the first game of the play-in and then win the second game, and boom, they could be the eighth seed uh, in, the, in the play-in. So that's the scenario right there. So there's a couple of things where the Mavericks control their own destiny. If they win out, if they win these next you know four games, then – they're staying in fifth. There's no way that the Blazers can move up. Yes, correct. I mean, I yeah. I mean, they win a couple more games, then you're looking at you know the top six, you know for sure. I think when you look at potential matchups, you know the only two teams you can really rule out, you know besides the playing teams, is they're not going to play the Blazers. They're not going to play the Lakers in for, in the round one. And yeah, right. So or the eighth okay. seed, or, you know, like Warriors or <laughs> yeah. So they're not playing those. They're still a. I mean, we're four games out. or no, yeah, four games out from the end of the season, and there's still a world that they could play four different teams uh, in, in, in the, the first, first round. round. Not even just considering the play-in, right? They could play the Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs in the play-in if yeah. you know, things happen a certain way. Because right now, like you know, Nick said, you know, Utah has a, or like you can see on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, Utah has a two-game lead over Phoenix. So if they just maintain that. Then Phoenix will will lock in that um, you know that two C because the Clippers, gosh, they're what three games back, and there's still a world that Denver could pass up the Clippers and move up to three. They're just a game back. We're also recording this during the Utah Jazz Warriors game right now. It's third quarter and the Warriors are up by ten, so that number may be a little different than uh, than it actually is by the end of the night. So, and we're also recording during the Blazers and Rockets game. I'm going to assume the the Rockets are going to lose that game and the Blazers are going to win that game. So, uh, the Mavericks would be a half game up on the Blazers, and then the Suns would be a game and a half back from the. Uh, jazz if the jazz do lose this game but anyway wanted to be fully clear on that this is what the standings look like then 
Yeah. Uh, everything changes so much, man. It's so wild. So coming up, let's get into some different scenarios. We'll take a little bit longer to, to talk through the matchups and what it actually means for the Mavericks and all that and get into that coming up. But before we do, rockauto.com is the place to go get some auto parts. You can get carpet, you can get windshield wipers, all kinds of stuff. We have to change our windshield wipers and all that, and we're going to use rockauto.com. I can just go find the make, the model, the year of my car, and find the exact ones that'll fit. I don't know a ton about cars. You might not either, and so you need to know the exact parts that are going to fit for your car. There's so many makes and models of cars right now. There's so many different kinds of parts. You need to know exactly what's going to fit because you don't want to have to buy something and then it doesn't fit and then you have to take it back and you probably never do because it was like what? It was pretty It was pretty inexpensive because rockauto.com's prices are so low and so you're like, well, I guess it doesn't matter and so, we'll, you know, all that kind of stuff. But with Rock Auto, the way that they sort everything, the way that their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, you can get the exact right parts for your car. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also want to tell you about betonline.ag. If you've ever thought, man, I kind of am interested in this game, but I wish that there was a little bit more of an incentive. Um, mm. For us, we decided we want to get into the Premier League, and so we wanted to put we wanted to put a little bit on it. And so we were like, okay, let's pick a team. Let's pick a team, and then all of a sudden we'll be invested. Well, if that doesn't work for you, then put some money down on it. And then you'll get invested right away, right? As soon as there's money and there's stakes, then you'll be able to enjoy it in a completely different way. BetOnline.ag has all that stuff for you. All different kinds of ways you can put down money on sports. Let's see if they have some odds for NBA games tomorrow. If you're like, man, I want to sit down and watch an NBA, NBA game, but I want a little bit more on it. Mavericks versus Grizzlies right now. Uh, the game that is going to be on Tuesday. Mavs two-point favor over the Grizzlies. That one's pretty interesting. A couple other ones that stick out. Suns, five-point favor over the Warriors. That one really stands out as one that the Suns should come out, especially after that loss to the Lakers. They should be wanting some revenge, and so this may be uh, a trap right here. But Suns could, you know, the Warriors need this game, and so they may want to come out and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lakers, five-and-a-half-point favor over the Knicks. How is that one? The Knicks, man, that team does not mess around. They, this is a, this is going to be like an 88-87 to 87 game. Right? These two teams play incredible defense. So that'll be a really interesting one to watch. Bet online. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's go through some of these scenarios. So this one, this, let's start with the first one. This is probably the most likely one if the Mavericks take care of business and if, the, uh, if everything stays the same then the Mavericks would play the Denver Nuggets. What's the first thing that stands out against the Denver Nuggets? The Mavericks play the Nuggets, and your first thought is what? No Jamal Murray. I think, I mean, this is the world that, if you say, what's, in this scenario, what's the dream, what's the dream play out of what happens over the next few weeks? For me, for a Dallas angle, it's Dallas lands at five, Denver at four, Lakers win that first plan. They, Lakers make the plan, and you know the league pulls all their cards to make sure they win. And the Lakers win. Got to throw that in there every time. <laughs> yeah, of course. And the Lakers play the Suns, and then we get like a Utah Golden State, you know, first yeah. round to where if you like, I get in, your, in that like, scenario, the the Lakers lose or <laughs> no? Well, oh, okay. No, they, they, the Lakers would be seven, and the Warriors would end up being eight. Yeah, to where if you if if you had on one <laughs> side of the Western Conference playoffs, Phoenix, 
the Lakers, Clippers, and Portland. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Let's leave them over there. And let's let's you know play our hand with with Denver, and so I think that's the dream scenario. I get it. Denver is still a really good basketball team. Utah is really good. It, we're just like picking out the you know whatever. But you know for Denver, I'm I would be so curious on how that how that series plays out because you know no Jamal Murray like we said. If KP's fully healthy, what does this look like? They went two and one against Denver this season. You know KP the last game had 25 points against them. You know the first game. Uh, of the season, Luca had 38. That second game, he had 35. Uh, KP, they didn't have KP for just one of those games. So KP has played in two of those games uh, against Denver this season. So Denver seems like they always do play Luca pretty well. But uh, yeah, I, and honestly, it's setting up, you know, if they play, okay, answer this. If they played Denver the first round of the playoffs, yeah. there's, there's not a scenario in which they lose that first round and fans are like, saying okay okay with it it, right like Jokic would have to go off for like 50 and 15 and be like would Dallas be favored no I don't think so I don't think I mean I think they might be favored at home right they may be favored on those home home games like game to game if you're talking but I don't think they'd be favored in the series if Dallas wins out the Nuggets are gonna have the the MVP right like the Nuggets are gonna have the MVP and so that's gonna be if you're talking about betting lines and being favored and all that you're talking about okay what does the public look at and they say oh they have the MVP they should be favored that's true if Dallas wins out they win these next four games and KP's fully healthy going to the playoffs like the expectation is gonna be there for them to win that series oh for sure from Mavs fans and from us probably would you expect them to win that series yeah, I would. I would yeah. too. Uh, Porzingis yeah. or not, I think. I wouldn't go that far. No, I wouldn't go that far. I think you have to have a healthy KP in that series. But or just a KP. I mean, I don't, are, we, are we getting a healthy KP? Right? Like, I don't know if that's a that's an option at this point. Yeah, he's so, going to be a version of himself in play, unless something happens over the next three games. And we're and I'm only saying that about Denver just because of the Jamal Murray thing. I love the makeup of their team, yeah. but if you had to pick a team to play in the first round, you're going to pick the team who's missing their you know second star. So, that's yeah. Part and of- Michael Porter Jr. All of a sudden, he has to step up and be in a bigger role. Can he do that? Can the Mavericks handle him better than they would be able to handle Jamal Murray? Probably, right? Like imagine, remember all those times in the bubble last year when Jamal Murray was killing Porzingis off pick and rolls, right? That that won't happen anymore. It's it's Faco Campazzo instead, right? Like. That, I'm okay with that. It's Monte Morris instead. I'm okay with that. Aaron Gordon, is he going to be able to handle Luca? No, no. right? Like, no. is he going to be hand, handle Luca better than Gary Harris? I don't know, man. Gary Harris is really good on Luca, and so all of a sudden, like, that's a wash. I think because Gary Harris played Luca really well defensively. Yeah, Tory Craig did back in the day too. I thought he was okay. Yeah, and he's now, gone it, too. He's on the Suns. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. So now. You go to the Clippers on this. There's still a world that they they could land at five and still have to play the Clippers at four, yeah. or they move down to you know six. There's still a world they match up with the Clippers in the first yep. round. Clippers, same as Denver, they went two and one against the Clippers. First matchup, they beat the Clippers by fifty in that game. The <laughs> that second, was without Porzingis and without Kawhi. By the way, I want to keep pointing yeah, that yeah. out because that was that was a like forever ago. How long ago uh, was that game? It doesn't even battle? seem like it was the season at all. <laughs> the second time they played the Clippers. They lost that game. Luca puts up a triple double, massive triple double in that game. But the you know it was a back to back. That second game that they played the Clippers, Luca had forty two points in that in that series. Yeah. Luca has shown when you play when he plays the Clippers, 
Kawhi, Paul George, it doesn't matter who doesn't who's matter. thrown at him. The dude can still put up points at a high Beverly, level. Beverly, so, man, no shot. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, Bev. But yeah, I'll be really yeah. That series would would be wild, and especially Clippers are rolling right now. They're rolling, and the rematch. You know, everything will be about you know that Luca game winner will be shown probably fifty eight times uh, from the playoffs, yeah, and just. Yeah, I think the motivation for Dallas in that series of, you know, they'll be telling themselves all over again. It's like, man, we could have beat these guys last yep. year. They know they can yep. beat them. They beat them twice this year, like we said. So that that series would just be fascinating. I would be so, yeah. I would have so much more emotions in that series because I would want to beat those guys so dang bad. <laughs> Two big changes for the Clippers. Reggie Jackson is all of a sudden so important for them, right? He's all mm. of a sudden like they're starting can he guard Luca. That's what I'm saying. He's their starting point. They're going to run that. They would run all kinds of, of, of like screens and all kinds of stuff. Uh, David Locke called me today and told me a whole bunch of uh, numbers about Luca and the pick and roll. Like he's the most efficient pick and roll player uh, with you know of the top ten most efficient pick and roll partners. Luca is accounts for four of those. He's the only one that shows up four times on that list, uh, which is pretty wild. And one of those pairings is him and Tim Hardaway Jr. And you're like, hold on, Luca and Tim Hardaway Jr. as a pick and roll pairing? Yes, that they have used that essentially only as Luca getting a mismatch on whoever is guarding Tim Hardaway Jr. And if that was Reggie Jackson, they're going to run that over and over again until they get rid of that guy or, or put him on the yeah. bench. Uh, so there's that angle to it. The other angle with the Clippers, it's Rondo time, right? Like yes, Rondo is. is so important for them too. He has t- taken them to kind of another level. He's barking all the time on the bench and imagine – Ty Lue with Rondo just standing next to him and all the glare shots we're going to get on TNT of Rick Carlisle just looking over at Rondo and being like, I hate your guts. I hate your back. I hate everything. And you know they're going to put him in to like pester Luka too. True. And that they'll do that and the Mavericks will abuse him on defense, but we'll just <laughs> hate him more. They'll do that. But then that team, to be fair to that team, they've been playing really well. Their offense is incredible. They're just mm-hmm. rolling. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George has been shooting. He has something to prove in the playoffs too. So, if oh, yeah. he can, I mean, it'd be just a completely different level. The Mavericks don't necessarily even have two players to throw at those guys. It would be Richardson and Dorian, right? <laughs> Whatever. And yeah. Maxi probably on Kawhi. Remember, Maxi was really good on Kawhi. If Maxi can be back, so that's what that's with the Clippers. Uh, if you talk about the Suns, that's a potential matchup the Mavericks could have if they fall to seven and are in the play-in, and then they win that first game in the play-in. They play the Suns. And that one's really interesting because they haven't beaten them in the regular season. And Chris Paul just torched them in the clutch a couple of times. And now, I'll, I'll, yeah, I was going to say this. They've lost to the Suns all three times, but they've all been six points or less losses. Yeah. And I think well, they lost one game by one, another one by six, the other one by like three or something like that. So it's not well, like, like they've gotten blown out, but they've still lost all three of those games. Well, in that first one, it was like the first game that they had everybody back, right? <laughs> Remember that was yeah. – we were actually encouraged by that game because they were playing so bad. First yeah, game of the season, I think, was the very first time they played. First game of the season, and they lost by four – and Luke only had five assists in that game. It was remember Mikhail Bridges was like insane on defense against him. And then the next two times they played him were in a row. As soon as like the the game before they got Maxi back, and then they got Maxi back when we felt really good about the Mavericks, and they lost by one. When Booker had that crazy game winner, remember it was the out of bounds, and yeah. they got it to Booker somehow. And Richardson did his best that he just couldn't <laughs> couldn't defend it and all that. So those are close games. So it, you know this team 
is real different since they played them. They played them back January 30th and February 1st was the last two times they played them. Like imagine how much has happened yeah. since then. The Mavericks had that was the Mavericks had an 8 and 13 record after they lost the second game to the Suns. Like a lot has changed since then. Rank rank your Luka defenders that you would rather see. Mikel Bridges, Aaron Gordon or Paul George. Man, give me Paul George one because he he's Luka's already proven that he can beat that Clippers team, right? Like every time they play destroys them. And in the playoffs last year, he did Yeah, uh, probably Aaron Gordon two. And then probably bridges three, like bridges has been really good against Luca in these yeah. matchups. I think I would swap Aaron Gordon and Paul George, but I think I'd leave Mikel bridges as at that third spot. I mean, theoretically, yeah, you'd put Paul George ahead of Aaron Gordon, but uh, Aaron Gordon's a little bit stronger than Paul George. That works a little bit better against Luka. We haven't necessarily seen a motivated Aaron Gordon against Luka. Right? Like we've seen Aaron Gordon on the Magic against Luka. Uh, yeah, so we haven't really seen that. Did he play? Did I can't even remember Aaron Gordon the last time the Mavs played the Nuggets. No, he wasn't on the Nuggets when they played he not? No. Denver. No, we just had to look at some Orlando matchups, but... Who wants to watch the Mavericks? Yeah, March 13th is the last time they played the Nuggets. So uh, the Jazz, I mean, we can talk about them briefly, but the Mavericks had a real prove-it game against the Jazz yeah. uh, recently, and that was a really big one. The Mavericks, that, and the key to that series is Dorian, right? Like, I mean, we can, we're going to yeah. say that over and over again. It'll be brought up over and over if they do end up facing the Jazz. Dorian will be the key. Can he hit threes? And he's been really hot recently, so that's been huge and he, for him. He'll be a, a kind of a low-key key. Uh, and in a potential Denver series too, because they'll probably put Jokic on him, and they'll yeah. probably you know say, hey, and not that Jokic is Rudy Gobert defensively, but if you can have it's more movement. You know, anytime you play Jokic, you just want to get him going, moving, keep on get, having him moving. And so if you have if he's guarding Dorian and Dorian's hit a couple threes, he's he's gonna have to stay out there or at least contest those threes every single time. So yeah, Dorian's gonna be a key. If the Mavericks beat the Nuggets in the first round, do we call them the We Believe Mavs because they beat the MVP? Is that a... No. Do, do we bring that no. back up? We no. don't go that low. Not at all? We won't go that low. <laughs> there you go. That's some scenarios. They're pretty interesting. There's a lot of stuff that can change with you now and then, but those are the four most likely. And probably... What, what, what's, that- the, what's the worst? I, I meant to ask you this. What do you, what's your worst case scenario for how these how it plays out going into the playoffs? I mean, worst case scenario is they lose these last three games. They end up seventh. And then they have to play the Warriors in a one game, right? And then, then they lose that game, and then they're in their eighth okay. seed. But even then, they play the Jazz, and I feel a little bit better against the Jazz than I would against the Clippers, to be honest. I know that's that's the thing. I, I think definitely the worst is going to the play in, yeah. And then then it's a matter of okay, <laughs> worst case scenario, they they win the first game of the play in, they play the Suns in round one, and then they get the Clippers or Lakers in round two. And it's like the Lakers move up to five, the Clippers fall down to four. And now you're the, you're in place of Portland on that side of the bracket with Phoenix and the LA teams. You're like, yeah, this this sucks. So that's, that's the worst case. I think. Yeah, definitely. Let us know in the comments on YouTube. Let us know what's the best and worst case scenario for the Mavericks coming up. And then uh, what'd you think about Porzingis' comment about his role? Tell us all that. Follow us on Twitter at locked on Mavs at Nick Van exit. That is, uh, Verified, by the way. I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> and also follow Isaac L. Harris. It's just like a peasant account. Who's that not has, verified. Has no check mark. I wasn't good enough, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. <laughs> and now, your moment of zen. 
for the kids who don't know me, I'm Mavrelo Balovich, owner of Mavs. I've been buried under the Reunion Arena since 1988. I was digging myself out using only concession stand sports. <laughs> and then it got demolished back in 2009. That 